Hello, hello. Today, my beautiful guest is from India. So we have a psychologist who is operating in completely different uh, area of this world. So we have 12 and a half hours differences. So I have night. She just woke up. And today uh, we're going to meet like internationally very much. So hello, Ditti. Hi. So nice to hear from you. And it was so nice to meet you today. I'm very happy to meet you, especially that not many of you maybe know that I was born in Uzbekistan that is very close to India. So India has a very special place in my heart because I grew up on Indian Bollywood movies and I still love them, to be honest. They're still my favorites, you know. I still believe in this a little bit fairy tale that you present in your movies, you know. <laughs> so nice to know that. <laughs> So let's talk today with you about something that is opposite of the fairy tale. So about this negative fairy tale that is in our head when we believe in negative ideas, negative concept about ourselves. How does it influence us? How does it influence our relationship? How does it influence our children? What's happening with our world when we believe that we are not good enough, that we are always breaking things that we're unlovable that we don't deserve what's happening with us yeah this is such an important question um i think the sense concept that we have the core beliefs that we have they are at the root of the way we process information because right from the time we have been conceived i guess we are exposed to the environment where uh, we work and we make sense of what the world looks like and based on that we develop certain beliefs about the way we are about the way the world is the way the world should be and based on that we operate so if we have a self-concept which is um, not helping us in some ways it becomes an important for us to examine it and recognize the scientific components of it and then what is what is very important because maybe not everybody knows but our mind and uh, the way it's built that we always write so it yes. does not negotiate with us whatever you believe you're right did say is it on your side some sounds no yeah, some birds are chirping. So, anyway. Yeah. So, so I, yes. our mind always agrees with us. That means if you think badly about yourself, it's kind of this thing happened to you, right? And yeah. if you believe you don't deserve love, you usually meet people or get with, in a relationship with people who prove you you don't deserve love. Because in the end of the day, our mind is our uh, slave and always saying, you're right. This is how I think you're right. I'm not going to discuss with you. You're right. So this is the main reason why we want to change it. Because when we think, oh, I want to meet love of my life, what should I do? We always start with the thinking. Is it correct? Yeah, that's absolutely true. I think sometimes we develop certain beliefs to be able to protect ourselves from uh, disappointments. 
So in the, in some point, at some point of time, it may have worked for us to be able to remain more functional. Say, for example, somebody has, uh, and you're talking about this belief that I don't deserve love. So maybe at some point of time, the kind of people around me are such that they make it very conditional that if, in a, if I do something, only then I deserve their love. So to be able to operate in that circumstances, in those situations, I may need to continue to have that belief so that I don't become, I don't become so disappointed with myself or with him so that I can carry on with my life. However, after some time when that continues to operate, even when there are people around me who want to give me unconditional love, and they don't think that I, I need to do something to deserve their love. Even then, if I'm operating from the same lens, then it becomes dysfunctional. Why? Why is it happening like this? Why you yeah. love so much and then somebody gives to you and you still you cannot accept it? Why? Yes, because I am operating from that lens that I don't deserve love. So the thoughts and the ideas that I get in that moment are coming from that lens. So even if the other person is doing something very little, if not even intentionally, it would just make me uh, grasp that and that this is a sign that actually I don't deserve love. It becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. How do we work with this? How do you start working with this? Yeah, I think this is so important. So what we generally do is we try to sit with that. So what happens is because these are the kind of core days we have developed uh, as a result of a lot of experiences. So we are not ready to let go of that belief because there is something good about that core belief. We think that it is beneficial to us and that is why we continue to hold on to those beliefs. So to be able to modify that, in the team module, what we do is we honor that resistance. So we try to let the client and ourselves see that what is something good about that code. So even at a conscious level, it sees that there is nothing good about it. But still, there could be some benefit of continuing to believe that I don't deserve love. Tell me, what's going to be good in not deserving love? Give me an example. What is beneficial for me if this is what I believe? I'm constantly being rejected. I'm constantly I'm, uh, like meeting an asshole. So what is it good in this? Why am I holding on? Yeah. So I think one of the things that is coming up in my mind would be that when I think that I don't deserve love, I would constantly try to do something to be able to... Uh, make the other person love me. So in some ways, it is coming from a case of responsibilities. I'm not blaming the other person. So then it seems that I am in control. So it is more, it's coming from a good value system. Then I don't want to blame other people and depend on them. I am thinking that I am not getting the love because I have done something wrong or I am not deserving it. So as I can think about one more benefit, like some people like to be victims. 
So when you're in this love, like you're being dumped, like something happened to you, everybody feels sorry for me. And I'm such a poor baby. I'm such a great girl. I'm, I'm such a, I'm too good for everyone. That's why everybody are like this, because I'm just too good. Yeah, I think that's very, very important that you mentioned that, you know, it continues to help me remain in that self-victim mode. People would uh, be nice and kind to me. So all the games that I get are short-term favorite. I immediately get the game. And that that is what is very enticing. And I get, I hold on to that. Uh, so that is the first thing that we help our clients to recognize that what is good about it. And once we honor that and they feel connected, they understood, they feel understood, then automatically they are able to see the disadvantages of continuing to believe this, that I am not loved. I am not loved with her lot. I don't deserve love. So this, this uh, I don't deserve love is like a chocolate covering to a rotten strawberry. <laughs> so if it feels good, initially but eventually it, it it is bad and it is self-defeating so i think when the clients see that there are some advantages but there are also some disadvantages then we can help them see that the costs that you're saying to get these advantages are far better than the advantages that you're getting you know i think most of people usually do see disadvantages my my question is so in the process how you work because i know that in teams, it's very important that you realize that there are some benefits. Yes. So how do you actually exactly work with these benefits? If for so many years people did not want to let it go, what exactly do you do to let them go with these benefits? Yeah. I think what we try to do is we try, we tell them that you do not need to let go of this. Because they they are operating from a black and white mindset. They think that if if they uh, if they let go of, I mean, if they focus on the disadvantages, then they will have to let go of the advantages completely. When that is not true, actually. So we help them to semantically come up with a new belief which has all these advantages, but it doesn't have these disadvantages. See, for example, in this scenario, uh, we, we could give them various options and we do that through role play techniques. Uh, sometimes we tell them that if you have a friend and you have to give them an advice that what they should be doing in this scenario, then also they come up with uh, a more functional and a more balanced core belief. Something like this that um, I would not want to blame someone when I'm not being loved by that person. However, I would like to see that what it is that I'm specifically doing that is making that person not love me. At the same time, I want to continue to believe that for deserving love, I just need to exist because every human being who, who is alive deserves to be loved. <laughs> you see? So basically, we help them to come up with more rational kind of feelings. But what we know also from psychology is that you cannot win um, emotions with the rational thing. This is also what we know from uh, neurology. Like 
emotions are very, very strong. So you cannot actually talk out somebody. So how do you put like some emotional um, process yeah. into things, of, into letting it go? Not just like yeah. taking it out and seeing like, oh, advantage, disadvantage, let's do the math. Because it's not about yeah. that here, right? Absolutely, absolutely. That's 200%. And that is the reason we use these role-play techniques. You know, so we, there are different stages in which we try to bring about this modification. At the first stage, we come up with a role play technique, wherein, you know, it's always easy to be more compassionate with the other person. So in the role play technique, we help the client recognize that, you know, if you come up with a more compassionate stance, then what is the more helpful way of thinking? Even if it is not very rational or rash, irrational, let's see what would be more helpful. So once they come up with that new core belief, then the second stage is we had them to set up an experiment. And try to see whether this is helpful or not. So the first thing is very important that it's the client come up with his own um sentence that supposed to help him so like his own mantra his own affirmation we don't yes. like tell him we don't give him a list of affirmations like choose what is the best for you mm-hmm. just need to come up something that is the best for you and then you put it into tests so you also do some kind of visualization when they can try to imagine what would happen if this is what they really believed in is it correct yes Yes, yes. We try to ask them to make predictions that what would happen if you try to believe this. And then they are able to see that there's a little shift that happens in the way they think. So slowly with a good amount of empathy, we ask them that if they would like to set up an experiment and see whether this is something that the prediction that they are making, the hypothesis that they are setting is going to come true or not and if at all how much how much of it so let's see if maybe 10 percent of it sounds true in the first row or maybe 20 percent of it comes true. so what happens so once we had them get involved in the process of trying to test then they are more willing to do and tipsy like what is important for me that there are some people who are not working well with imagination then don't have very well constructed mind for abstract thinking so yes. they n- not getting really well into metaphors they not really working well with the mental experiments um some people who are very down to earth they they just not going to get into this kind of work is it any other way you could help this kind of clients do you have any other technique you could share with them what they can do if it's not going to be let's imagine yeah yeah so um uh, other than let's imagine more truth-based techniques do you mean to say that yes reality All right. i would say yes. reality techniques that. yes 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 so in that case we had them to set up a survey uh-huh you know Wherein we can set up a survey question where they can go and ask people who they respect, who they value, that what would they suggest in a scenario like if this is a helpful way of thinking or not. And that usually works pretty well with them. 
That's very nice. That I think uh, really work well for people who are very, like I call it quadraticos, like in Spanish, like they have very, like mind that is very mathematical mind, and sometimes yeah. it's difficult for them in this process of uh, mm, of imagining something. So they need a little bit different approach. Yeah, yeah. And from your perspective as a therapist, what kind of thoughts we have? most often about negative about ourselves that really do not help us achieve our goals our like or fulfill ourselves what is that that's such an important question there's so many different types of beliefs that we have sometimes that prevent us from achieving what we want one of the most common belief that i have come across is the black and white thinking related to perfectionism mm. You know, when um, people who have really high standards, they sometimes are not able to allow themselves to make mistakes. So if they make some mistake, they start thinking that if I have made a single mistake, that means I am a failure. And uh, then they strive to achieve perfectionism. And in the process... They get so strained within themselves that their best insights are not working. So it becomes such a cycle because they are beating upon themselves and then not happy with themselves. And then that is the re- that pressure is preventing them from performing better. I'm so wondering, you know, yeah. because that's a very interesting subject because we have right now in our society very negative PR for perfectionism. Because I feel like everything is a little bit like saying, oh, perfectionist just kills you. It's like too much. But I'm wondering, there are some jobs and there are some situations when it's necessary to be to be perfect. Like if you're a sergeant, if you make yes. a mistake, you kill somebody. Yeah. Right? That's a sure car racer. If you made a mistake, you lost. An old team that worked with you for a whole year, like... They're all lost with you. So can you tell me when we decide when is this toxic perfectionist that we need to correct and when it's something that you actually have right to demand from yourself? And how do we help this kind of people who have jobs when they actually cannot afford being not perfect because they because their mistake cost, can cost, for example, lives like doctors? Yeah, I think this is, this is such an important question. So I think when uh, a mistake is connected with a person's worth. So when they start thinking that if they make a mistake, you are worthless as a human being. Then, then it becomes too global. Instead of that, when you are able to specifically focus on one mistake, rather than globally evaluating yourself as a nothing human being, then actually you will have more power and strength to be able to focus on what you can do correctly. Okay, so let's follow this uh, way of thinking. Let's imagine that I'm a surgeon. I made a mistake and person died because of my mistake. So I'm not thinking I'm a horrible human being. I'm thinking I'm not very good surgeon. Is it correct way of thinking? It's absolutely correct way of thinking in that case. 
because so I'm thinking I'm not a very good surgeon, but then if all my identity is about me being a surgeon, then my identity as a human being is also crushed, right? Um, yeah, so that that's the second piece which I think uh, it may not be very helpful to think in that way. Because if a person uh, is a surgeon and he has made such a big error, it is a huge error if his mistake has costed somebody's life, he needs to own up that mistake and do something to, to rectify that error if at all there is any scope in terms of uh, you know, whatever is required to be done. So if he is able to focus on that, then he will be able to do something with the rest of his life. Because just considering and basing his entire identity as a human being based on his profession may not be one, it may not be true and it may not be helpful for him to do anything about it henceforwards. Two things I hear from you that is very important to point out. First of all, we cannot define ourselves only by our one role. We are out of different roles. And in these different roles, we have different mistakes, different personality, and that's okay to be in these different roles. We are yes. not just like one. I'm like, even so, I always, my psychologist is, is my role that is very important. I'm also a mom, I'm also an author, I'm also a partner. So I have similar roles, and that's more healthy. So when we yes. recognize that we do have different roles, right? Yes. Benny and then, yeah. And then thing that I also feel very important in modern world, what you said, that you need to take ownership of your mistakes and Benny, you need to fix them. Yes. Because I don't know if you agree with me. This is not in a modern world. We always try to like say, well, we all can make mistakes. We're just no. human. It's universe is like this. It's like, you know. So that I feel that people not very responsible right now. I cannot take, well, I own my shit. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very important to be specific about it. It becomes dysfunctional when it becomes like, so what you were also saying, you know, that if you make it very generic as if it's just okay, everyone does it, then there's no scale, there's no specificity that what kind of mistake are we talking about? Mm -hmm. You know, so if we focus on specific components, we also have better insights to correct ourselves, learn from our mistakes. And, and I think, isn't it true that it actually true in every aspect of our life? Because in relationship, very often, I had a life with somebody and I remember the girl said something like this. Well, none of relationship is perfect. And of course, we have mistakes but like all couples are fighting all do this and i was thinking well that is yeah. a bit of generalization because like we should own this we should not say well it's normal that after pregnancy you don't feel like sex that's uh -huh. like happens to everyone we should not generalize if we yeah. want to fix something absolutely because this becomes very dismissive ah it has to be given due importance of what it is. And that is why it's impossible to be specific and see what we are talking about. And take complete responsibility of it. 
And how do you do this? How do you take responsibility for um, for problems, for mistakes, for things that happen? Because we have this thing that we want to protect ourselves. We don't want to feel guilty. So how do we take this responsibility? Is it anything yeah. for this? Yeah. Once again, I think there's another core belief which is operating over in here, which is called emotional perfectionism or emotophobia. When some people have the fear of experiencing these negative emotions. Yes. So when we help our clients to positively reframe these negative emotions, they understand the value of these negative emotions. And then they are able to embrace that. Including guilt, anxiety, inadequacy, and all these negative emotions. They have a very, very beautiful side to it. So in the CBT context, we help them to change their perspective towards these negative emotions. That helps them to accept them. And then we can go further with allowing or helping them to experience those negative emotions like it. I always try to, when I talk about negative emotion, I always trying to say that emotions are what they are. And if they still exist, it's because evolution made them useful. And though that every emotion, like being envious even, being jealous, being sad, being angry, we all need it for something because evolution is not an idiot. Like absolutely this way. Absolutely. We cannot throw into trash something that's part of us and something that emotions no matter what they are they're part of us they're our rainbow absolutely Absolutely. keep this rainbow yes i think emotion this is such a such a favorite topic of mine because i think i I try to help my clients understand that there are these negative emotions are those emotions that we don't like to experience and Positive emotions are emotions that we like to experience. We enjoy to experience them. However, each one of them have a healthy and unhealthy self. Positive emotions, even if we like to experience them, sometimes they can be very unhealthy for us. Right? Say, for example, if I'm feeling confident, that's a healthy positive emotion. But if I become, I feel overconfident, I would love to be in that zone. But it can be so dysfunctional and unhealthy for I'm wondering, Dipti, is it is it culturally more difficult for the Westerners than, for example, for India? When you have Hindu, you have Buddhism. It's it's very common belief, common practice that whatever emotion you have, it's okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. Happiness is as good as unhappiness, and we should not get attached to any of these emotions. Is it because it's part of your culture? Do you have problem with attachment to the positive emotions in your culture? Do you think it's less difficult for for your culture than for mine, for example, when we do not have this, uh, we don't live with this like you? Yeah. yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, with the modern uh, life emerging, I think this is becoming uh, more and more common that people, um, they are getting attached to positive emotions. So uh, it is 
it is true that you know right from early childhood we have been taught that we need to embrace all the emotions if it is negative then also there is a value we need to have the courage to raise the experience uh anxiety um jealousy envy all of that because our religious scriptures have shown all of that so um through various uh, stories so mythology because there are different type of uh emotions that are ex- expressed in this however i do see that in the modern era people do get attached to positive emotions so they need to be educated a little bit more formally but do you think it's more it's easier when it's not um when you have it as a part of your culture as a part of your religion i think when we uh, 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 if we tell them true stories they are able to quickly understand that mm-hmm. you know true analog math so i don't okay. even do that sometimes with few uh, clients um you know to help them see that even lord rama he was he experienced some emotions like sadness and that just showed that how much he cared for his wife and there was nothing wrong about it. he also cried so what is what is the wrong in it mm-hmm. um lord sita who is i mean goddess sita she also got tempted in trying to help someone so this is also uh you know these are all negative emotions that all of us experience yeah so it just hence to accept how do you help people to um to learn not to be attached to positive emotions and to treat negative as a part of their life yeah so i think my way of uh, helping them is to just uh, tell them like what i usually do is i tell them that every emotion has a healthy and unhealthy side to it whether it is negative or whether it is positive So I have given two various nomenclatures and then examples. My favorite way of uh, teaching this concept is to analog. Analog. So, say for example, with respect to any emotion, say for example, even envy, I would say that you know, envy has a negative and a positive side to it. So, healthy envy would motivate me to help me. grow so whenever i'm experiencing envy that shows that i'm recognizing that there's a gap right so that helps me to do something to take myself from here to here right if somebody is having a mercedes and i have a like a common car then i if i'm feeling envious i would want to get from here to here So that is a good kind of envy. So why did my focus is on myself? Myself. Mm-hmm. However, if I want to break this gap by bringing this person down, sit down, that would be unhealthy, Ali. Mm-hmm. You see, if I'm going to scratch his cars, not letting him enjoy his car, then I'm just bringing him down. That would be unhealthy envy in the long run. So you just basically what you doing you teaching people alphabet of emotions so yeah, they can yeah, yeah. they can understand how it works and I think it's yeah, super important yeah. uh 
to teach adults so they can teach their kids because if the Absolutely. if you teach it when you're a baby then you grow up as a more healthy adult and this yes. way i want to ask you a couple of questions about parenting because i think it's this is important that when you become a parent suddenly many people especially i feel women uh define themselves only through the motherhood yeah yeah and from what you said, if you define yourself just through one role, that is very difficult because if something fails, then it goes into whole your identity. So if you Absolutely. feel something is wrong with the way you're handling situation or you feel you're not handling situation, then you feel bad as a human being, not only in this role. So yeah. I'm wondering, what is your advice would be or like, what is your like how would you work with the parents but i have to say especially women because men are not lost that easy yeah. Yeah. i how get to that. bring up different um roles because some women almost feel like proud that they're only mom said i'm only mom it's the most mm -hmm. important role yeah and this way like it, from what i understand from your perspective it is not healthy to do it like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So let me see if I can understand your question first so that I can correctly answer that. So uh, what you're asking me that how would I help a mom who thinks that her entire uh, identity is about being a good mom and how I could educate her to be able to see that that may not be the best way of operating. Exactly. For becoming a good mom. For being a good mom. Yes, you 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 ask my question much better than I did. Yes. All right. Oh, thank you. So yeah, I think that was, that has been one of my favorite roles in life. So I love to talk about. I have two daughters. One is twenty three, and the other one is twenty eight. Now I have really really enjoyed that role, and I I strongly believe that parenting is the most profound responsibility a human being can ever take in there. So it is very, very important to take it seriously and do the best that you can. Yeah. Well, in order to be able to do the best you can, we need to remain humble. Mm -hmm. To be able to see that what we are doing, that is not best and constantly keep growing and learning from our mistakes. Mm -hmm. Right? And for being able to do that, it is it is important to be able to see that you know we have had some other roles where we had some success. So, say for example, if I have worked um, in a corporate setup, or if I have worked with in a professional life where I have dealt with my juniors or seniors in a relationship format, then if I have succeeded in some way, I could use those. Strengths or those skills to operate here as well, right? If I would happen if I'm not success, succeeding here. But what happens if woman actually refuses to take this other role? So, for example, All right. it says, well, right now I'm just a mom. This is the most important one. I'm not wife. I'm not lover. I, I don't want that. Uh -huh. Like, I'm not, I don't want to work. Like, my husband is, he has to wait till he's going to be 18 and... Like, you know, wow. sometimes they just cut off themselves from different aspects of their life and then they become a little bit unhappy. So how do yeah. we help them to prevent from this role? How can we, how, how do you work also 
with women yeah. and explain them, then being a wife, being a partner is important also for you being a good mother. Yes, very, very important. So generally what I do is I, I help them to understand that, that um, um, every person needs to have their own happiness. That's their primary responsibility. That you need to be wearing your own mask first before helping your child to wear the mask, right? Even on the plane when you get up, you know, they give instructions, they wear your own mask and then help your child to wear the mask. Yeah. And that that uh, sequence is for a specific reason. So that is something which you need to demonstrate also to your own children. Otherwise, what happens is you become burnt out also. You know, when you're not focusing on what you can derive happiness from. So becoming safe, being uh, in a, a good wife or a lover, that helps you to take care of your own happiness, your own health, your own, uh, you know, soul's upliftment. So you, you have to be able to balance it out. Uh, to be able to manage your time and energies in such a way that you can focus on all the aspects of your life, little, little. Wherein you can pay a lot of attention on being a good mom. But in order to be a good mom, you also need to be a, to take care of your own health, right? I agree with you absolutely. I think always should be parents first. Yeah. So I think those justifications are very, very specific. So what I usually do is I try to bring them to a specific moment in time and I try to elicit from them that uh, what, what are they thinking and what are their core beliefs. And uh, then once again, we help them to see that, okay, what is good about it and what, and then usually as they're eliciting all the good things about, you know, completely focusing on being a good mom, they do recognize that they are actually trying to think about the potential benefit and not real-time benefit. They get that recognition from within. That is just an illusion that they think that it will help. But with real experiences, they see that, you know, just focusing on their children makes them also very demanding in the process. Because when they are giving it too much, then they are expecting too much. And then I think the whole human connect just gets futile. It just gets very disrupted. I absolutely, I cannot agree with you more. Absolutely right. Let's talk about another very difficult subject when it comes to parenting. It feels like when we are born, this is what I wrote also in my book, Parents First, like when you're born as a parent, you're born with a huge amount of feeling guilty all the time for everything that you're not spending enough time with your child, that the child is too much on the phone, that it's not eating organic food five times a day, that you're not talking too much, you're not exercising with them too much, like dads feels guilty that they work too much and or maybe they're too strict or maybe not strict enough so we constantly feel that something wrong with us and our beautiful perfect baby deserves somebody better than us so at some point parenting feels like constant guilt 
and and constant, you know, putting yourself down. Yeah. How do yeah. What, how parents can work with this? I'll be this I feel emotion that we are born with. I mean we get we develop I think as soon as we become a parent. And there's an evolutionary reason to it that this is my belief that that helps us to become more responsible. However, it becomes a bit too much. Because what happens if we are constantly focusing on our mistakes, then we are not able to do anything to adopt strength from what we are doing right. I think sometimes it's not even a mistake. It's about potential that I think parents do not realize that you're not born with extra 10 hours. Like yeah. you have your life and then suddenly you have little baby and it takes a lot of time and you physically, it's not, you're not capable of doing all of the stuff. So you fail, like you just don't do, you don't have enough resources to do everything. And, yeah. and it feels like we, like, we feel like I should, but you can't. Yeah. And then yeah. we feel guilty. Yeah. I think this is, this is the place where, you know, that perfectionism starts coming in. And we, uh, so I, I help my parents to see that this, this will lead to perfectionistic kind of procrastination. Uh -huh. Because then you want to do everything perfectly right. And in the process, you don't get done. That can become a bigger problem. You know? And do, do team have any methods, any techniques that we can sell to the uh, parents, people me, who experience yeah. this and how we can help ourselves on everyday basis, what we can do or practice that we feel good about ourselves so that the guilt does not eat our joy of being a parent. Yeah, I think we do because what we generally do is we try to capture and we try to help ourselves feel that first try to see what you are doing right. Right. What you're doing that you're liking yourself? What are you feeling proud about whatever you're doing? After that, see what you can do to further improve. And make tiny steps, plans to be able to do something. So if you're delaying something, then there has to be, you You have to have a reason to get started with that at a given time, at some point. You know, so just reflecting upon yourself, maybe say spending five, ten minutes with your spouse to talk about this, uh, you know, what you're doing that's nice, what could have been improved, or even sitting down with a diary or a journal, or maybe just five minutes of sitting down with your own self and see that you know how what are what are some of the things that you're doing right so catch yourself doing something right for catching yourself doing something that can be improved i always say to parents when they're worried too much is it look at your child does it look unhappy yeah does it that's crying and is it underdeveloped is it like crying for another mom yeah. Child is your is your best mark. Like if your child yeah. is happy, yeah. it means you're doing it right. If your child okay. is uh, enjoying his life, if he's growing well, you're doing it right. I think that's such a beautiful parameter. 
I do yeah. think we sometimes forget that um, in the end of the day, our child is what matters, not how well or not well we're doing. And our child only can tell us if we're doing it right. And if yeah. child is happy, yeah. we're doing it right. Yeah, that is such a beautiful way of seeing it also because that can, that can help us to focus on the child. And that's what the child needs most, isn't good. Exactly. I And you as a mother and as a therapist, you probably have a lot of mothers and a lot of fathers in your therapy and with the problem, some, some problems, also parenting problems. What would be your, uh, from your perspective, the some output, some advice, how to handle right, like right for yourself, your life when you overwhelmed with so much responsibility because like you said parenting is the deepest responsibility where we can have and it's overwhelming sometimes so how do we take care of ourselves in this situation how can we yeah. give ourselves a little bit strength when it's very difficult yeah, yeah. i think one of the uh, common advices that i would give to every parent is to be able to find some time for each other the couple. the couple. So there has to be couple time. That has to be planned. Otherwise, it can get lost. It's like, you know, getting charged. Yeah, and you know, some people like uh, laugh at this, but what I'm saying, like when you are have a par uh, baby, and especially when it's still small, you need to plan time for sex. Like, yep, you need yep. to say, well, it's not going to be spontaneously crazy like we had before, but it is, is going to be. So it's yep. like you need to put it in your calendar. Say this is time when, you know, he's out um, with a grandmother. This is time we're going to do it. And that's okay. Like we don't have to make it everything perfect like it used to be. Like, oh, we did it all the time everywhere. Yeah. No planning was needed. Yeah. That's okay to plan. Just have Absolutely. it. Have it this time. Just intimacy. Intimacy is very important. And I feel sometimes people underestimate how important it is to feel close also physically. Very, very important. I, I think I also believe that this is very, very close. It's like getting a charge. Like, you know, every phone needs a charger. So this is also like a charging. You need to connect with your spouse, the people you are so important to you. Oh, well, we agree absolutely on this one, on everything so far. So I want to tell you, thank you so much that you brought your perspective and, um, and, um, and that you could reveal how we can work with things that are with this devil in our head who is telling us you cannot do it, you should not do it, and criticizing ourselves all the time. So I think there's a couple of insights that are very important and what I, everybody would like to remember, that we should never define ourselves through one role because it's dangerous. We should see our mistakes and we should own our mistakes and we should concentrate how can we fix them, how can we improve them, and not... Um, not make it like a huge spot on the whole our identity and whatever we plan we should not dream big but like have very small tiny 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 steps to change because this tiny thing works so much better because we all need some endorphins serotonin for our successes so it's better to have tiny success than very big nothing yeah, you did yeah, it so beautifully. Yeah, I think you just summarized everything very, very right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was for me a great pleasure. And I cannot uh, wait to meet you and to visit again your 
one of the best countries in the world. Absolutely adore India. You're most welcome. I'd be so happy to host you. It's been quite long, right, that you've been here. I would want you to come back now. I really cannot wait. Thank you again so, so much. And um, and I really hope uh, that many people are going to use your tips, your perspectives to make their life a little bit better. So thank you so much. Thank you so much.